and welcome to the Stranger Times podcast. I am CK slash Queeve McDonald. You're very welcome. And that's right. We back, baby. We back. They said it wouldn't happen. They said it shouldn't happen. But damn it, it's happening. We're having series three. Uh, I hope you're all well. Happy New Year. By the time you listen to this, it might not be relevant that the new year just happened when I'm recording it. But, you know, there's always going to be another new year. So I hope you're enjoying whatever year you're currently in. I'm currently sitting in my uh, writing office slash glorified garden shed. If you hear a weird lapping noise in the background, that is one of my two trusty hounds. Diller sits behind me. He will be having a lick of himself because he's allergic to everything. And we just got him a cream this morning, but it's going to take some time. So you may well hear some lapping. Just go with it. Anyway, I hope you're well. It's very exciting to be back. The big news. Let me run you through the big news. Uh, first off, book three of The Stranger Times. I'm assuming you already know this, but in case you don't, it's only out on February the 9th. It's called Love Will Tear Us Apart. I'm very excited about it being out, genuinely really thrilled because the weird thing about how traditional publishing, which these books, my other books are done through a gorilla, but these are actually done through a professional publishing company. Penguin Random House, technically the biggest one in the world. Yeah, but the odd thing about the process is you basically write the book about a year before it comes out, more or less maybe about nine, 10, 11 months. So I'm sort of reading Love Will Tear Us Apart again now after having finished it months ago. And I'm, I'm just quite excited, genuinely. So I hope uh, you enjoy it as much as, as you know, I do. Why not? And um, yeah, so that's out on February the 9th. Just to quickly say, if you'd like to pre-order it and get it signed by me, as in we will send you a Stranger Times Valentine's card with a signed insert from me, a limited edition, you can do that. Just go to thestrangertimes.com and uh, there's a, all the details there. You just pre-order it anywhere in hardback. has to be in hardback, obviously, because, you know, I'm not made of cards. The pre-order there, drop an email to Wonderwife, a.k.a. Elaine, and she will make sure you're on the list for a card. Also, if you'd like to see me in the flesh, sorry, that sounds like there's going to be pictures involved. No, one's, no one wants that. If you'd like to see me in the clothed, that sounds better. I'm doing live events. We did a live launch last time around, which was in Manchester, which is great. We're doing that again. All of these are at Waterstones. We're doing Manchester on the 9th of February. I'll be joined by my wonderful friend, Phil Mealy, again, which I'm thrilled about. Then the next week in Liverpool, the 16th of February in Waterstones there, I'm going to be joined by the crime writing maestro and all-round good egg that is Luca Vesti. Going to be having a chat with him. And then Leeds on the 21st of February. Not sure who I'll be talking to there. Possibly just myself. We don't know. But do order your tickets now. You can get them from the Waterstones website. There's a thing for the event or you can get the book at the same time. And yeah, I will sign it. And if you come to the events, there will 95% certain there will be a limited edition Prezi for anyone who comes to the live events. A Stranger Times collectible. Let's call it that. So that's pretty exciting. That's going to be happening around then. There'll also be some events in Germany later in the year. We did look at some other places as well. And, uh, you know, hopefully, because I do like doing the old live events, it's nice to get out of the house. So hopefully there'll be some more in the future. Yes, pre-order, you can get it from, again, go to strengthtime.com if you order the hardback. By the way, if you're an American, I should apologise, not for being American, nothing wrong with being that. But uh, Jeff Bezos kind of screwed you a little bit, where for some inexplicable reason before Christmas, they cancelled the pre-order of Love Will Tear Us Apart, which has now been uncancelled. I think it's only in America this is this happened. But if you pre-ordered it, firstly, thank you. And secondly, just double check if you did it through Amazon that you still have it pre-ordered because they should have emailed you when they cancelled it. But, you know, they're Amazon. They're a law unto themselves. 
personally, I think this was him retaliating because I've started my own space program where I'm going to send Diller into space. I mean, so far, all we have is a shopping trolley, a goldfish bowl and some fireworks. But uh, initial testing has been encouraging and Diller is very excited about it, by which I mean terrified. So, yeah, that's all of that stuff out of the way. Outside of that, I'm excited to say, yeah, Love Will Tear Us Apart is coming out. It'll be available in all formats, uh, ebook, hardback, obviously, and audiobook, read by your friend and mine, the wonderful Brendan MacDonald. In fact, we're going to have a preview of the book right now. That's right, the audiobook. You're going to hear chapter one of Love Will Tear Us Apart. It'll be read by the infectious Brendan MacDonald. I say infectious. Genuinely, myself and Wonder Wife met him for a point there a few months ago. And we initially thought we might have caught COVID off him because, bless him, he got COVID the next day. Thankfully, we didn't. So while his personality is infectious, I'm pleased to say the man himself is not. So he's all fine now, by the way. Don't worry about that. Everyone's good. So, yeah, Brendan is going to be reading chapter one from Love Will Tear Us Apart. How the series is going to work, by the way. I really should have said this before I said that bit, but... We're going to have a couple of previews of the book in the next few weeks with read by the wonderful Brendan, of course. We're going to have some new stories. I think there'll be four, maybe even more of them in this season three. And then we're also going to have some Stranger Times gold. Basically, I'm going to pick some stories from the previous two series pretty much at random. And we're going to enjoy them again because I'll be honest, I've just started re-listening to some of them. And it's been a while since I've heard them, a couple of years in a certain cases. So uh, it's been great to listen to them again. So I think we're going to have them as well, sort of all mixed in. So I hope you're looking forward to that. As as always, thank you for your support. If you enjoy the books, do bung a review up, especially if you enjoy the audiobooks. Especially because, bizarrely, <laughs> this is true, but on Audible in America, somebody has put up a review saying The Stranger Times uses animal cruelty. Now, let me be very clear. I realise I just made a remark about putting my dog in space using fireworks. I am in no way have ever written anything with animal cruelty in it. This person is apparently, if you actually click on them, you can see they've done that review for loads of different books. Dare I say it, they might not be the most hinged person in the world, but it's still the most second most popular review, which is is great to see that it's clearly people have believed it. So if you're in America, please put up a, a review on Audible and please, you know, like any of the reviews that say the book myself, but Brendan's done a good job and not, not the one where the crazy person talks about animal cruelty. We're not actually sure what they mean. It, it may have either been, there's a brief incident with a rat where a rat gets thrown by magic, but at the same time, someone is sort of torturing a human being. I mean, it's an estate agent, but but yeah. And again, that's really quite a very mild scene. And it is, you know, a baddie being a baddie. Not to go into too much detail, but everybody in a book, when they say or do something, it is not the author saying and doing that. Otherwise, it would just be an autobiography. What this is, is a work of fiction. And if you're not really comfortable with the idea of fiction, maybe reading fiction isn't for you, as this person clearly needs to learn. So, yeah, either that or a bit with a werewolf, which, again, I mean, I would suggest technically not an animal. I think that's uh, it's technically uh, more human than animal. And, you know, we're all fine with being cruel to humans. I mean, come on, that's pretty much a staple of life, surely, at this point. So my point is no animals were harmed in the making of any of these books. <laughs> that, um I spend thousands of pounds on one dog being allergic to everything, by the way. I'm looking at him now and he's happily falling asleep. Couldn't give a shit. So, yes, I'm very much a friend to man and beast. Sorry, this was this has kind of gone off on a tangent now. I was going to finish up about five minutes ago and I thought, oh, I should stick some more in. Didn't probably mean to put this bit in. Anyway, thank you very much for your kind reviews in advance. Um, 
<laughs> please mention how much I like animals. And uh, tell you else who likes animals. Oh, let's let's shoehorn this back in, try and get around to an ending. Brendan McDonald, big, big lover of animals. Not just that, you know, in the general healthy way. This sounds like I'm, no, just he's, he's, he's not, you know, he likes, he's got a dog. Um, he got a dog just, yeah, in lockdown, if I remember rightly. I don't know. We got quite drunk in between him getting COVID. We also got quite drunk together. So, yeah, listen, sit back, relax and enjoy the frankly sensuous tones of Brendan McDonald reading a preview of chapter one of the audiobook of Love Will Tear Us Apart. Chapter One Tristan Bleeker's mind went blank. Staring down the wrong end of a gun will have that effect on a man. His mouth was dry. His palms were sweaty. He found himself utterly incapable of summoning a single coherent thought. Not that he had much experience of these things, but it was not a normal gun. Instead of the typical straight barrel, the muzzle of this one flared out like the bell of a trombone. He kept his eyes fixed down the centre line of it, as if he might discern the spark in the darkness that would herald the eventful end to his previously uneventful life. It was like looking into the nostril of an irritable dragon, one that could barbecue you with a single breath. Do I need to repeat the question? asked the voice at the other end of the weapon. It sounded oddly weary, as if Tristram were the tenth or so person it had held at gunpoint that day, and the process was becoming entirely tedious. Tristram's lips moved, but no words emerged. The voice tutted. This is not going well. It wasn't. In these circumstances, the cliché was that your life should flash before your eyes, but that wasn't happening for Tristram. Instead, the first ten minutes of his interview kept replaying in his head, over and over, as if his mind were trying to process how things had reached this alarming state of affairs. He must have done something very wrong at some point. Tristram was good in interviews. Everybody said so. He was personable, articulate, and a master of brevity. He'd been warned to expect the unexpected today, and, to that point, he thought he'd dealt well with the curveballs thrown his way. Then he'd found himself staring down the barrel of this weird gun. The question, said the voice, sounding increasingly irritated, was, how well do you handle pressure? I, I, stuttered Tristram. Never mind, I think we have our answer. Tristram was dimly aware of the sound of one of the doors being opened behind him. A female gasp followed. <gasps> Vincent! I'm in the middle of something, Grace. I can see that. Put that horrible gun away this instant. After what felt like a very long time, the dragon's head turned away and was replaced by the face of a man who looked in need of a shower, a shave, a decent meal, and about a month's worth of sleep. It belonged to the individual who had been holding Tristram at gunpoint. Vincent Bancroft, editor of The Stranger Times and former Fleet Street legend. 
the view of Bancroft's face was only a minor improvement on that of the gun. His eyes were sunken and dark. For a moment, his eyelids closed, and Tristram wondered if perhaps Bancroft were about to fall asleep, but then they shot open again abruptly. A master of multitasking, Bancroft placed the gun down beside him, sneered across the table, and lit a cigarette. Grace, the friendly, matronly black woman from behind the reception desk, appeared at Bancroft's shoulder, bearing a tray loaded with two mugs and a plate of biscuits. Sorry about that, Tristram. Mr. Bancroft can be a little... Insightful, finished Bancroft. Grace's brow furrowed. I'm pretty sure that is not the word I was looking for. It should have been. Bancroft held aloft two sheets of paper, which Tristram recognised as his CV. Mr. Bleaker here, who is applying for the role of assistant editor at this publication, has a fourth-class degree in journalism from the University of Leeds, followed by seven years' experience working for a mixed bag of publications, ranging from national newspapers to more specialist magazines. And it is his dream to work here because of his lifelong interest in the paranormal. His portfolio is frankly outstanding, and his references so glowing that the reader is required to wear protective eyewear or risk permanent damage to their retinas while perusing them. I know, said Grace, before adding pointedly through gritted teeth, he is perfect for the job. Exactly, said Bancroft, as he dropped Tristram's CV into the waste paper basket at the side of his desk, then casually flicked cigarette ash after it. My point being, if it looks like a duck, walks like a duck, and quacks like a duck, I find myself highly suspicious as to why it's applying for the role of the bread-loving aquatic board we are so ducking desperate to fill. Grace's face scrunched up for a second before she shook her head. No, you have lost me. Tristram coughed and was surprised to realise he had recovered the power of speech. I think what Mr Bancroft is trying to say is that I am overqualified for the role. No, I'm not trying to say anything. What I am saying is that you are perfectly qualified for the role. Too perfect. Now, run along before I lose my temper, and do let your handlers know that if they try this kind of thing again, next time I will not take it in such good spirits. Speaking of which... Bancroft picked up the bottle of Irish whiskey that sat on his desk and poured himself a healthy measure, then kept pouring past the point of unhealthy all the way to death wish. There's clearly been a misunderstanding here, said Tristram, trying to sound jovial. Nobody has sent me. Right. Bancroft patted the gun. Well, you've got until the count of ten before I shoot you. Then, if nobody claims the body after a week, I shall offer your corpse a full and groveling apology. Vincent! exclaimed Grace. You're being unreasonable, even for you. And that really is saying something. 
Four, announced Bancroft. Okay, said Tristram. I get it. You're testing me. Nope. Five. Tristram failed to keep the edge of panic from his voice. What happened to one through to three? I said what I was counting to. Never said where I was counting from. Six. Tristram looked up at Grace. He's kidding, right? The woman gave an expansive shrug, which resulted in a splash of tea spilling over the lip of one of the mugs. With the good lord as my witness, I cannot promise that. Seven? Tristram got to his feet. You people are crazy! Bancroft picked up the gun. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but Chekhov here will make you holier than grace. Eight? I will be reporting you to the police! Bancroft raised the gun while looking up at Grace. Holier! Do you get it? I thought it was quite good. It was not, said Grace. You've no appreciation of wordplay. That's your problem. Nine? Tristram turned and ran for the nearest exit. En route, he tripped over one of the many piles of books on the floor and crashed head first through the door. In his hurry, He'd left through a different door from the one he'd come in, and this was how he came to find himself sprawled on the threadbare carpet of an open-plan office area. Three people were seated behind desks and drinking mugs of tea. A portly white man in a three-piece tartan suit, an East Asian man tossing a yo-yo up and down, and a black teenaged girl with purple hair who didn't look up from her phone. Tristram pointed behind him in the direction of Bancroft's office. That man is a monster! His words were met with a round of nonchalant nods. Then the portly gent in the three-piece suit turned to his colleagues. I have to say, these new biscuits are a bit dry. Thank you for listening to the Stranger Times podcast. If you've enjoyed it, then please leave a rating wherever you get your pods. It really does help. And The Stranger Times novel by C.K. MacDonald is out and is available from all good bookshops and some bad ones. And check out thestrangertimes.com for more weird news and to sign up to the newsletter, where you can also get yourself a sweet free ebook containing some Stranger Times short stories. This podcast is produced by Rob B. at BEE with Ed Wilson exec producing, and all materials are copyright McFory Inc. Limited. All of the short stories are written by me, C.K. McDonald, and the music is done by Alan McGuire, with John McCullough as musical Sven Gally. <laughs> <laughs>